Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office talks with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Career Services Assistant Director Travis Klein. And I'm Hannah Christian, uh, the Director here of Career Services at Northwest. Congratulations, Travis. I just want to say that. That was a a hard transition to make from... (laughs) Internship coordinator, I'm sure. Much easier to say. So it's for the <laughs> podcast. It's great. It's great otherwise, but it's really great for the podcast. So, Welcome, not to uh, ignore our guest here today, but welcome. Well, thanks, Travis and Hannah, and it's fantastic to be here. I'm Dr. Kyle Miller, and I'm an incoming assistant professor in the School of Communication and Mass Media here at Northwest. Welcome, Kyle. Yes. You've been long on the list of people to be on <laughs> as a guest. Kyle previously worked at Northwest and then left right as we were starting the podcast, which was very sad. But he's back, so it's fantastic. So it's it's kismet. It's fantastic. It's a dream come true. Yes. <laughs> so if you could just give us uh, a little bit of background, where you're from, and how you got here, because I'm sure it wasn't just a straight shot. Sure. So I'm originally from northern Iowa, town about 100 miles north of Des Moines. And did my bachelor's and master's at the University of South Dakota. So I did my bachelor's in journalism uh, with emphasis in advertising, PR. Um, I also did some broadcasting work there too. Did a lot of student radio work while at USD. And then did my master's in communication studies. And then went right from there back to Iowa, to the University of Iowa for my PhD in mass communications. From there, uh, my first job right outside of grad school was here at Northwest. So I taught here at Northwest for about two years, 2017 to 2019. Worked up in South Dakota for a few years, and then um, a position opened up down here again, and it's a fantastic school of communication, wonderful university, wonderful town, Um, and so I I thought this is a a great opportunity to come back to Northwest. What made you want to pursue a PhD or be a professor? Did you put lots of thought into that? Like, how did that, how did you come upon that? You know, it was something always in the back of my mind. Growing up, I thought teaching would be a really fun profession to go into. My original career goals was actually meteorology. And I thought, well, I'm more of a sports fan. I'd rather go to games and chase tornadoes. Not there's anything wrong with that. But I thought, well, you know, sports might be kind of fun. Um, I got involved really kind of day one, the first semester at USD, um, helping out with the campus radio station. That led to me being sports director of the campus radio station for a few semesters covered volleyball and football and basketball in high school, um, and then in my part-time work in the industry. And eventually when I got into grad school at USD, I had the opportunity to help advise, assistant advise our campus radio station. And I love being able to help students get to their career goals, you know, using my experience, my expertise to help students achieve their goals, achieve their media careers. Um, And from there, I thought, you know what, this is kind of a good bridge going into teaching. Um, And I was fortunate to be able to be accepted to the University of Iowa and brought on as a TA in our journalism school there, um, and then taught multimedia classes at the University of Iowa. Loved it. Thought this is my career calling. This is what I love to do. And then was very, very fortunate to be hired at Northwest right out of grad school. So how did you mentioned getting hired at Northwest? So, you know, University of Iowa to Northwest, not exactly a straight line right down. So how, how did you find the position here? Was it just you were searching everywhere and it came up or did you know, was it a known entity to you? How did you? Certainly a known entity. Um, you know, I was familiar with the region. I had family around Omaha and Kansas City. And so I knew of the region. Um, and then I actually saw the job posting. Shout out to Stephen Chappell, uh, one of my <laughs> awesome friends and colleagues here. He had posted it on our CMA College Media Listserv. I was a follower of that, knew of him uh, of previous conferences. 
and thought, okay, this sounds like a really good position. It's everything I want to go into in teaching and classes, applied for it and got it. What did you like the most about journalism? For me, it's it's telling the stories. Um, and, and there's a lot of different ways to go into that. One, it's telling the stories. Um, and then two, it's finding those unique campus community feature profile, unique people type of stories that we haven't heard of before. And a lot of that is going into, at least in the classroom, you know, having students think about, you know, what are they drawn to news-wise? Where are they drawn to story-wise? And then, okay, what are things that you have a passion for? What are things that are going on around the campus, around the town um, that are unique or fun events to cover? Um, And then two, you know, drawing to journalism, aside from telling a story, is also just making sure that you're the voice for the community. You're the voice for the campus in terms of college media. And being able to cover those events, cover the topics, cover the trends that people are talking about. So how do you find those scoops? I'm kind of interested in this. Like, you know, you you say like, oh, we're going to go sniff out these stories. Like literally, tactically, how do you do that? You know, a lot of it, what I tell my students all the time, and a big part of it is connections and networking, is immersing yourself around the campus, around the community, not just being in a shell in, in one or two buildings, getting out and about, seeing what's out there. A lot of times those stories, those unique ones will come to you in the wildest of places. You know, people I've maybe never heard of all of a sudden say, hey, I know so-and-so, or I'm connected to so-and-so, you should think about this, or hey, I'm from Iowa, you're from Iowa, what about having your students cover this, or what about having them go and and see this topic? And it just kind of branching out. Um, And that's one of the biggest things I tell students too, when when they go to like a new city or start a new job, it's hectic, you know, you're you're trying to get your bearings with, with with your new position, but then also, you know, make yourself known in the community. People will seek you out to cover stories, to cover events. So a question we haven't asked guests for a while, and I kind of miss it, is thinking back like to young Kyle, you know, before you were Dr. Miller, what was your first job like in high school or even maybe before that? What was that kind of first job that you had? My first job was taking tickets at softball and baseball games for my local high school. And you saw a lot of people who did not want to pay like $5 for a ticket. Um, I'm like, it's, I don't make the rules. It's, it's what we charge. It's what we uh, sell the prices for. Um, but that was fun because, again, it got me a different sense of, one, you could watch the games. I could have my little ticket booth and, and sit and watch softball and baseball games, which is a lot of fun. And two, you get to meet the most fun people. You know, you meet the season ticket holders for high school, you meet the parents and grandparents of players on the field. And so it was fun to build those connections that way. I'm a people person. It was fun to kind of see them game after game. They get to know you, you get to know them. Uh, And it was a really kind of a a cool way to help out uh, my high school. Um, We have a fantastic high school uh, up in my hometown of Algona. And so it was really neat to be able to help them out and then also get that work experience too. We were kind of talking about this. It sounds like also that's a great way to build your network, right? You're the ticket taker. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just started out right right off on the networking tour. And you said, you know, having students, if they're, you know, starting a new job or starting here at campus on campus, like reaching out and building their network, right? So in a professional sense, like what kind of advice would you give to students or maybe to young professionals who who want to start building out and building out a network of people? Certainly don't hesitate. I mean, it, it can be real intimidating. It is still really intimidating, you know, new city, new position, you, know, you don't know a lot of people, uh, but don't hesitate to jump right in and just introduce yourself, being proactive and 
you know, hey, I'm so-and-so, I work at this media outlet, or I'm a student here. A lot of times people will recognize that and they'll be really willing to help you. Take advantage of, at least in our industry, take advantage of journalism conferences, statewide broadcasting associations, print associations, because that's built of a lot of professors, a lot of students, um, a lot of opportunities for students to get practice on the job markets or get practice with critiques on, you know, things for their portfolio or for their resume or demo reels. And so taking advantage of those opportunities, the biggest thing I've always found is that, you know, your four years at Northwest are ripe with opportunities for you to succeed. You know, this is your learning environment to go out and you know, make mistakes, but then also build up that resume, build up that portfolio, because everyone here, whether it's professors, whether it's career services, whether it's your classmates, they're always here to help you. What would you say? I know a lot of students, writing is intimidating to them and they think journalism is all writing, but you know, we know, I know we've talked with several folks in the comm department and the mass comm department and journalism specifically who have said that, you know, writing's only part of it. So as a professor, what what do you think are like the top actual skills that someone needs to be a successful journalist? Certainly the the biggest one is is writing. Um, because without writing, your story can't really make a lot of sense. You might have the best B-roll or the best audio interviews in the world, but if you can't write and and have those transitions together, or you know, I'm gonna speak in broadcast speak, but have a, a good VO transition or a package transition, that story is gonna suffer a little bit. So writing is certainly most important, but you're exactly right, Travis. It's it's one part of it. Writing videography skills are huge. No matter if you want to go into audio or podcasting or you know, public relations, it doesn't matter. Videography skills are, are big right now because we're so multi-platform in our industry. The Kansas City radio stations, the, the PR types of, of firms, they're using videography, they're using video skills to help promote their stations, promote their clients and their organizations. So that's also a big thing. And I would say another skill is don't hesitate to get involved in other things outside of your comfort zone. You know, if you have a passion for audio, you have a passion for video, that's great. Try other things so that way you're as versatile as you can when you get out on that job and internship market. Can you give me an example? Maybe some other, maybe skills that are complementary, things that you think would make a strong candidate? Certainly, I think a candidate that has excellent writing. So, so that's one. I would also say a candidate that has a lot of different experiences in other areas. And so if you have a resume, if you have a portfolio that shows different things, I really want to go into video, but here's a podcast I did uh, as part of a class or as part of a project. You know, I want to go into PR, but I also did on-air work at KXCV or, you know, my hometown media markets to show that, hey, I'm comfortable speaking on air. I'm comfortable in a live type of a setting. Um, I've done internships, you know, seeking out internships uh, around the community or, or back in your hometown around the nation. Showing that drive and dedication, I think, is what job markets and what employers look for in candidates, along with, are you dependable? Do you have a strong work ethic? Those are kind of givens, but in the field of journalism, field of media, those skills and that drive and passion to try new things is what people are looking for. Earlier, you mentioned, you know, the department we have here at Northwest um, and, you know, kind of some of the toys that you guys have and some of the awesome things. Do you want to talk about some of those? I know we've, like I say, we've talked to a lot of folks in the department before, but that was in previous seasons. We may have new folks coming to the podcast since it's a new season. So tell us a little bit about what you guys do over there and some of the awesome stuff you have for students. Really? I mean, the sky's the limit. 
uh, and, and not to use that cliche, but anything people want to get involved in, um, you know, our campus TV station, KWT, they have different sports shows, different gaming shows, you know, no matter what your interests are, KXCV provides a lot of on-air opportunities for different NPR programming um, and Bearcat Radio Network sports programming. And now, of course, Maryville uh, Spoof Hound sports programming. Um, the Missourian is an awesome way to get involved. If maybe you're interested in journalism or you're interested in writing, but you're hesitant about, well, I don't know about... They'll help train you. They'll help get you involved around the campus and community. Um, it's a fantastic way. We have a yearbook, uh, of course, a tower yearbook that is a lot of photography, a lot of, you know, pictures showing the campus community as it evolves throughout the year. There's so many ways to get involved and not just in classes or not just in journalism, but if you have any passion in photography, media design, graphics, advertising, there's so many ways to get involved at Wells. So this is kind of a random question, but uh, I've always been kind of interested uh, since you've been on campus before, like what's your favorite spot to hang out at Northwest? Oh man, Wells Hall is a lot of fun. And I would also say too, my favorite spot is just walking around campus. You know, we have such a beautiful campus with the trees and flowers and squirrels that are always funny and glare at you as you're walking down the sidewalk and everything. Um, I would say just get out and enjoy the campus scenery. Um, we are so blessed and so lucky to have such a beautiful, amazing campus, you know, as part of the Missouri Arboretum. And so that's really my favorite spot is to just walk around, see the different buildings, see the different scenery, you know, walk around places that, hey, I haven't been here in a few years. It's fun to see Colvin Pond, fun to see the, the flags along the walkway. And so that's always my favorite part is just seeing the Northwest campus. So you're back, you're, you're teaching, you know, for a second time here in Northwest. So what classes are you, you're, it's a little bit different classes than previously. So you want to tell us a little bit about kind of the, the stuff that you're doing in the classroom this year? Sure. So I'm teaching sports supporting. That's a new class. Um, and what I'm designing my students there is we, we take a couple of weeks, go over the writing structure, and then they're out and about covering sports events, not just at Northwest, but around Maryville and around the region. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Writing for uh, professional media writing. And so they're, again, kind of getting students those writing basics before they go out and cover stories, video journalism, uh, having students go out and cover events, um, as well as senior seminar and media literacy. And media literacy is, is really important because it gets, gets people thinking about, you know, not just the media that is produced, but how they consume it, what their beliefs and values are and how that affects uh, media behaviors. Um, and so those are my classes here this fall and fantastic classes. Really looking forward to a good fall semester. Yeah, I wish that media literacy class was just a general education requirement for everybody because it is, it's really eye-opening. You don't think about mm -hmm. how you consume media until you have to talk about how other people do. And it really makes you reflect on your own thoughts and your own biases. Mm -hmm. And it's just, especially right now where things are partisan and, you know, there's, there's sides and there's, you get different news from different outlets and different spins. It's that's such a valuable class. And I think that that's a really awesome one that I wish more students were aware of. And then would also, you know, think about things, kind of take a step back and look at how they do that. So that's a really important class. It's fantastic. You're teaching it. And I wish that was one that more students could take. It is. And, and you know, and it's one of those two that if any students are interested in taking it or, you know, if there are open positions, just look into it. Um, like I said, it's, it's a fun class. It's a neat class because exactly like what you said, you become more critically aware of it's not telling you what to listen to or, or what to think or, or what to watch or consume. But it's thinking about, you know, when you listen to a podcast or when you watch, you know, the local news or the national news, you know, thinking about the production practices and the behaviors and the content and that how that affects your perceptions. 
What was the most memorable, maybe story that you worked on as a student, right? You're, you're going through the whole process kind of reflecting back. Maybe it was a, yeah, something that kind of helped develop you as a, a person. When I was in grad school, um, I did a fellowship with our minor league baseball team up in Cedar Rapids. And what I did, it was a lot of fun because it would end up being like a seven minute feature video. So it took a, a long time to, to put it together, but it was neat because there are so many different elements about the history of baseball in Cedar Rapids, um, where their stadium was located next to a veterans monument. And so bringing that in as an aspect of the culture. Um, and it was just a really neat project to cover because one, it, as a sports fan, it was neat to actually go up and cover a sports team. And then two, it taught me how to balance different aspects of a story together and kind of weave everything in. That it's not just about the game. It's about the history of baseball in Cedar Rapids, what they mean to the community. You know, it's Veterans Memorial Stadium. There's a veterans park right next door. So how do they honor, you know, veterans? And they have sculptures and statues honoring uh, those who who fought in, in wars here in the U.S. And so it was really neat to kind of blend all that together. And I use a lot of that experience in my classes and helping students all the time is that you're going to have stories that are going to be really long in terms of, you know, multiple minutes, but then it's how do you piece those different aspects together to tell a complete story? I can't help, but everything you say, it's, it's so very similar to what we do here with students, right? It's all about telling your story and people think of resumes as, you know, I just have to make a resume, but the truth is it's, it's not just about making a resume. It's about being able to be self-aware enough to know what you're strong at. Right. And then to be able Mm -hmm. to tell that story to, to an employer or to your network, right. To help you get hired. Just a lot of parallels there. There really are. And, you know, I love how you brought that up with the approach of, you know, your resume, you list your skills, you list your positions, but there's a story and there's the unique human factor behind every single one of those. Um, you know, everything that you do in student media or, you know, working in your hometown or the skills you learn in classes, the human element is what's going to drive that position and drive that job opportunity. And, you know, when you were in student media, you mentioned you you were in the campus radio station, you did stuff with the TV station, the newspaper. So which one of those areas, I know it's like asking you to pick your children, but is there an area <laughs> that you like best of them or do you like all of them for different reasons or, you know, what are your thoughts on areas? Certainly all of them for, for sure. Um, and, and you're exactly <laughs> right. It, it's tough to pick just one. Um, you know, I've always been drawn to the radio audio aspect of it. Um, you know, growing up in a small town, uh, it was our radio station, and our newspaper, we were 50 miles from the nearest TV station. So we didn't get a lot of TV coverage all the time. It was the radio newspaper. And I was fortunate to be able to work at my hometown radio newspaper for several years and using those industry experiences in my personal life and in my classes all the time. So certainly radio always has a soft spot. Um, that's where I learned my play by play. That's where I learned, you know, voiceovers and, and news anchoring. Um, that is certainly the, the one that, you know, if I had to pick one, if Travis is making me pick one, uh, that's the one definitely I would choose. What do you say to people who say that newspapers or maybe even radio are a dying industry? You know, it, it's and this is a debate we've had in the industry a lot um, because, you know, the traditional forms are starting to wean out. And that's simply just because of how audiences consume content. You know, those outlets will never go away. It's how they transform their content that will change. You know, so a newspaper and radio station, they might still have their, you know, their traditional platforms or traditional print or, or terrestrial over the air, FM, AM, 
products. But then also, I think you're going to see a lot of social media coverage, a lot of podcasting, um, a lot of photography, you know, Instagram, TikTok is big now, even though I, I'm a little older than the demographic for, for TikTok. TikTok is huge right now in the industry. And so how can, you know, traditional platforms start using that and meeting, you know, college audiences, meeting demographics where they're at in their uh, social media, digital consumption. You know, it, it's, it's something that can get a little scary uh, in terms of where these trends are going next, but always just remember that, you know, these platforms are never going away. They're still going to be here, still going to be covering, you know, campuses, communities. It's just maybe the distribution is going to change a little bit. Well, I would think that your basics, your fundamentals, if you will, become more important. If you don't have seven minutes to tell a story, you have 45 seconds for a TikTok video, it better be written tight and you better have Mm -hmm. great footage or else you lose the audience, right? So as a teacher, is that more challenging to teach super short form, like, you know, super fine attention span, TikTok style reporting versus five minute features and, you know, 60 minute, you know, feature story kind of thing? It can be, um, you know, the, the thing I always tell students is it depends what your story is, you know? And so if you want, you know, the 45 second really quick promotions, you know, I use a lot of TikTok in classes for promotions, getting them out, covering, you know, student media and promoting here's the next, you know, issue of our campus newspaper, here's the next newscast. But then also in, in a journalistic sense, you know, your 30, 45 second stories are going to be that really kind of quick, hard hitting. Here's a meeting. Here's the information. Then we move on. And so knowing when to use those types of time requirements for really quick, simple stories, and then also recognizing, hey, if I do have two to three minutes to tell a story, now it can get a little more of the emotional involvement, kind of the, the multi aspect involvement. Both have challenges. Uh, it, it can be challenging to create a three-minute story. It can be challenging to create a 30-second one. It's just kind of figuring out that the, the biggest thing in that sense is just figuring out, okay, I have this time requirement. What do I absolutely have to have? And then if there's anything a little bit extra, they can kind of add to it. When you mention portfolios, I am a huge fan of every student having a portfolio or I think moving that direction where you, mm-hmm. you have a body of work that you can demonstrate that you have skills. How do you think about as an instructor, uh, but also as someone who's you know helping students move out into professional work, what aspects of a portfolio are the most important and how do students, especially students, maybe even professional staff, like how do you create and maintain a portfolio that will make you stand out? How much time do we have? (laughs) As much as you want. (laughs) Certainly in its simplest sense, you know, your portfolio is your best work. Um, It is absolutely, it's a culmination of the best things you've done throughout the years. Um, With that said though, you know, in a portfolio, you should also have a wide range. And so, uh, you know, in the journalism and media profession, you know, yes, we want to see your best stories, but we also want to see how you conduct yourself live on air. You know, when you can't, if you mess up, you can't go back and, and hit re-record again. Um, and so that's a stepping stone. Resumes, skills are huge. Um, and especially skills that are relevant to whatever field you're going into. Um, one of the things I tell students is, you know, skills of, you know, I'm a hard worker, or I'm dependable, or I'm, you know, time management. That's okay. That's awesome qualities to have but everybody should have those skills. And so how do you set yourself apart in terms of I'm in, you know, graphic design or I'm in journalism or I'm in art or I'm in, you know, education, you know, what do I know that specifically relates to that field that can help me set myself apart from other candidates? 
Um, and I would say too, you know, don't hesitate to work your way up as stepping stones, you know, because your best opportunities could be in, you know, very small markets, very small towns to where, you know, they're looking for somebody, your qualifications are going to stand out in those places and then work your way up to your larger cities and metro areas. So if students want to, you know, if they're intrigued by this conversation and they want to know more about journalism or about the student newspaper, what's the best way for them to, to find out more information? Certainly, you can email me, kjmiller at nwmissouri.edu, and I'm happy to forward on uh, to any of our student editors, student reporters, faculty advisors who, who oversee our student media content. If you're just wanting to know more about the classes we offer or, you know, opportunities to get involved, uh, always happy to help you out. And Student Media Day is on Thursday, right? Yes, it is. Uh, first issue of the Missourian is out this week. Do you have any last words? Is there anything that you wish we would have asked that we didn't get around to? I think it's, you know, and especially for students here, you know, all of us are so willing to help, whether it's, you know, the both of you at Career Services, whether it's us as professors, never hate, never hesitate to ask questions, never hesitate to reach out to us. Um, you know, if you're concerned about something or if there's anything going on, you know, hey, I might miss class for this or assignments for this, you know, just don't hesitate to reach out. We're always here. You know, when we say every student every day um, and career ready day one, those aren't just slogans. Those are those are things that we try to bring into our classes and bring into everything that we do here at Northwest on a daily basis. So we are always happy to help you out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, we appreciate your time, Dr. Miller, and we'll let you get back to it. Thank you so much for being our first guest on season four of Behind the Bearcat. Anytime. This is a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Well, that will do it for another episode of Behind the Bearcat. We'll talk to you next time.